And good morning from the COVID edition of the All Things SR. Good morning, Leslie. Good morning, Pam. And how are you today? I am doing just fine. Thank you for asking. Um, it's been hard to believe that we were together just a little over a week ago. Um, coming from the land of sunshine mm-hmm. and set visits. Um, I, I feel like that was so long ago. And in other ways, I feel like it was just, you know, yesterday. And um, Oh, I, I hear you. I, I hear um, you. just cannot believe. Uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry you're sick. <laughs> I'm just so sorry you're sick. Oh, you know. <laughs> the next time I go to Atlanta... Let's let's leave that souvenir in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to bring it home. Oh my <laughs> gosh! Well, as you can see in the chat, um, there are all kinds of healing wishes your way. Ashley says, "Hope you're feeling better." Mm-hmm. Healing vibes coming to you from Shell. Um, prayers coming from Elena, otherwise known as Black Lab Lady Thirteen. Um, and Brenda's mm-hmm. saying, oh, Pam, feel better. Um, yeah, I am, I am still stunned that I'm so far so good, but I'm not taking anything for granted. Um, I tested negative again yesterday. I'm still masking as I am doing a protocol since I was exposed to someone with COVID. Um, the only way thing I can think of is the fact that I had COVID during Thanksgiving. Maybe I'm still not as susceptible to it. I don't know. I just keep praying. <laughs> Brenda asked if I'm the only one who got sick <laughs> or if you're the only one who got sick. I think that as far as we know, right? Of the group that was, yeah, as, as far as the group, the, the 10 uh, uh, people that went to the set, and, uh, you know, Lauren, you, Kenzie, and myself, and uh, you and I in the car, I am the only one that got sick. Although I see that Ellie has gotten COVID, too. Welcome to our oh, world. No, Ellie. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Sending lots of hugs. Um, and I, we mm. have a wonderful post here from our dear friend, Franca coming to us um, in the afternoon hours in South Africa. She says, hello, Leslie, Pam, and all have joined the podcast today. I cannot believe that this is the first one I finally managed to join this year. I have absolutely no idea where January and February went to. Neither do I, Franca. Um, Just know they were both very much busy months. Hope you are feeling much better, Pam, and resting as much as possible. Sorry I missed last week's chat. As it must have been quite emotional saying goodbye to Tosca, Melanie, Julio, and all the Passion Flicks members as they wrap up filming tomorrow. Hopefully you get to go to the premiere if they're going to have one. Franca, that has been my mantra the entire time. Well, we'll hopefully get <laughs> yep. to see them one more time at the premiere. <laughs> and, then the my, premiere. and then mm-hmm. I already have my next mantra, which will be, hopefully they'll have some kind of reunion again and we'll get to see them in the future. So I'm always full of hope. That would, would be, be fun, fun. Would but be it was fun. a very bittersweet um, and very wonderful. Yeah, it was. Oh, Ellie's it saying was. her whole family got it, and their quarantine ends, and they're Ooh. back to work school hopefully on Monday. 
Oh my goodness, you guys! Just keep resting. I'll be on. Yeah, I absolutely. I mean, one of the things, you know, fortunately, my I. It's funny because Friday, last Friday night, I wasn't feeling all that well, and I may have mentioned it Saturday on the podcast as well. That yeah, I just felt like I was coming down with something, and uh, you know, I kept testing because. Uh, my, all day Friday, I was with Phil and Marlene, and I got worried because you know, he's ninety nine, she's eighty, so it's like, yeah, they're very susceptible at that age. And so I, I immediately came home and I took a test and it was negative. And then Saturday morning I took a test, it was negative. Sunday morning I took a test, it was negative. And uh, I'd gone upstairs. My sister had made dinner, and I came down and. She said, how are you feeling? I said, oh, just crappy. She said, when was the last time you tested? I said, this morning. And she said, well, take one again just in case. And when I did, I came back. She said, you're positive. It's like, oh, crap. <laughs> so when I talked to you that I, you Friday, know, I let every when you start, first started getting sick and we were talking about the podcast and everything, you said you you felt horrible, like you felt really crappy, and yeah. I know. And you said, and the first thing you yeah. said is, I tested, I was negative, but I just feel awful. And I said, well, maybe mm-hmm. you have that virus that I had a couple of weeks ago, because I felt that. Honestly, I felt worse with that than I did when I had COVID, but um, yeah, it didn't zap my energy as much. But I, I just felt horrible, so. I thought maybe you were just super sick with something else, but you were really feeling bad. Yeah, I, and I, yeah, but I was running a fever. I was running fever, and I felt like you know I get achy and stuff. So then, so I, you know, we have this thing. Um, I'm sure a lot of places have it around the country, and 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 what have you. It's an app that you can put on your phone called My Chart, and. Um, I'm connected to my my uh, doctor right through that, and you know I can set up appointments, whatever I need to. So I sent her a message Sunday night. Um, I don't know, probably about eight thirty nine o'clock, and I said they just tested positive for COVID. And normally it takes like forty eight hours for them to return your message, and she's within a half an hour. She said, "Take it easy, quarantine for ten days. I've put a, a Paxlovid." Uh, prescription in for you. If you have any questions, contact us. I, I said, I'm not in the office next week, but, you know, somebody will be there to cover for me. And I was like, okay, great. And uh, got the got the stuff on Monday afternoon, and I finished the last dose this morning. I'm hoping my taste buds come back. It will. It will. I'll be hopeful. I'm ho- I the one the one thing I'm hoping for is that my uh, appetite doesn't come back. because <laughs> yeah. I'll be honest with you, I, I haven't had much of an appetite. That's, That's not the way to lose so, weight in a healthy manner. <coughs> I appreciate that, but again, <laughs> I hope it doesn't come back right away. <laughs> so. Anyhow, so that's where I am. I'm doing much better. Um, and yes, Betty, I did get false negative results. Um, they say the incubation period is like five days from when you were exposed. So Tuesday would have been like the fifth, would have been five days away. So it was somewhere on set. I don't know. I contacted Allie at Passionflix to let her know Sunday night as well. 
And she was very appreciative of it and said, don't blame yourself for this because it's going around. So, but I wanted, you know, it's just the right thing to do. Betty's saying you need a bottle of William's special vintage. Um, and I'm just I need a lot of things in that. This because the um, are suffering um, and in quarantine with COVID too. She says, my kids didn't test positive until mm-hmm. three to four days after my husband and I. Um, learning always should retest. And you are contagious two mm-hmm. days before symptoms. COVID is still alive and well, but at least fully vaccinated and the drugs developed do help. Um, Elena says, isn't my mm-hmm. chart great? My doc is so responsive too. Much better than calling the office. Just feel better, Pam. And as Betty also and, knows, and- COVID sucks. Absolutely. Absolutely. It really, it really does. I actually... Um, canceled a lunch I had earlier this week, like on Monday or Tuesday, uh, because I just said I was exposed to someone um, and I didn't want to risk, um, you know, within that five day window, especially because that's typically when um, they say you typically will uh, get sick, but you can get sick up to 14 days after. So, um, as I mentioned, I'm, I've been masking around people. Um, I did have lunch with friends yesterday, but I tested again and I'm still negative and I've been, you know, I'm trying to be careful and hopeful mm-hmm. that, you know, I'll feel better next week. That's all I'll we feel can like do. I'm really out of the danger zone next week. I don't want to take anything for granted. <laughs> so no, I don't want to jinx myself. Um, yeah, Betty's saying, so, mask anyhow. on, people, mask on. I don't care what other people say. I'm not removing my face mask when I go out. I also have a face mask. Um, tan, but whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you know, if you, if you have the sunscreen on, you don't have to worry about it one way or the other. <laughs> this is true. This is true. So. But I'm just glad... Um, it seems like you are on the upswing, which is really good, Pam. It's just going to take time, and you you'll know, probably what am I, be what tired am I supposed to do, for a no? while. Your energy is going to be low for a while. Mm-hmm. I'm so. So I believe our dear author is tweeting. Oh away. yes, he is. He I'm, is. I'm yes, he is. Some of the notices coming up on our phone as we're chatting here. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shell's saying, I still mask up. I'm am the only consistent one at work. And Elena says, I'm with you, Betty. It's also flu season, so I'm still wearing mine when I'm out shopping, etc. And Betty says, even with sunscreen, I get a tan super fast. I know you are so blessed, Betty. You are so blessed. <laughs> I, I will tell you my story about people who tan easily. Um, when I was in college, I studied abroad, as you guys know, in Athens, and I was in the sun every day, and I wore sunscreen. I, I really, t- I got very tan for for me. This it was the tannest I've ever been in my life. And my husband, uh, boyfriend at the time, came at the end of the semester, and we traveled around for a couple weeks. And uh, after the first day, I was so excited because when he came, I was as tan as he was. After one day, 
<laughs> the day wasn't even over and he was darker than I was. <laughs> I'm like, it took me since January to get this tan and you come in a few hours mm -hmm. darker. So. I do know that happens. <laughs> I had a good friend, good Irish friend who used to tan like crazy and, uh, I, I mean, literally, she'd be in the sun for five minutes and she'd have the tan yeah. would start. Not even sunburn. And you know the Irish fair skin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know. Oh, my gosh. She yes, says, yes. Us, and as I told. Super I, fast. And, um, well, the best was telling Julia last week that when I was a teenager, I used to use Crisco oil to tan. <laughs> yes, we were we were having a Dr. G skincare symposium, um, which was really really great. Yeah, the TED Talk. Uh, hopefully, that'll be coming out in a couple, you know, a couple weeks. Um, the TED Talk. <laughs> he was really forthcoming and gracious with his time and his enthusiasm and passion. Yeah. Um, for what he's doing with his skincare line is just, you know, he puts mm -hmm. everything into what he does, be it studying and perfecting the role of Gabriel or the skincare line. He is a true professional and is so committed that and dedicated. Um, I just, I'm in awe of him. I really am. And I'm very grateful. Yeah. Incredibly grateful for I what he, he, he was he, able he, he, to bring to that role. Absolutely, Melanie. To all of them, I mean, you know, just the the whole mm -hmm. cast was super special. Yes, so. as, as Pam says, you know, this is truly the dream team. Really true. Yes, yes they are. So, so, but they, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what they have coming up in the future. Yes, me too. Uh, and Elaine mm -hmm. is noting uh, regarding tanning. Um, Brenda, of course, says she agrees about the tanning love, getting a good tan. Um, Betty says she her skin gets red and super sensitive, though, so she doesn't like tanning so easily. Um, Anna's saying her administrator's in Cancun, jealous because she's going to return so bronze. Um, it's funny because <laughs> I have friends also who avoid the sun at all costs um, because they... Mm -hmm don't tan easily and they they want to maintain their skin and without a lot of damage so i need i need that good vitamin d <laughs> i need to be in that sun anna saying she wants a dr and, g hoodie <laughs> i'd buy one of those i'd be down for that i would too elena says french canadian and Just italian a I'm lucky that I tan easily and i've never had a sunburn oh my goodness you are blessed i've smartened <laughs> up lucky. in my later you years and now do wear sunscreen faithfully um shell mm -hmm. we were just talking about sunscreen and tanning and dr g skincare Betty's saying Julie is now a dermatologist and dentist. James is into training people and getting them in shape. And Melanie entertains children with Bluey. We do have a great team. You're right about that. We do. And Brenda do. loves Cancun sunscreen on. And I still tan. Mexico was great for me. Yes, because Brenda uh, smartly avoided the Mardi Gras crowd in her hometown. And they went south to Cancun, uh, which I still dream about. It would be great. I have to say, just being in the sunshine in Atlanta and in the South, uh, although it was nice up here too, um, it just made all the difference to me. It just gave me a little bit of energy. 
Um, the only one who was disappointed was Miss Kenzie because she likes oh the Oh my fall. gosh. And it rained the day we had a set, the set visit. It was, it was drizzling and it was overcast and she was thriving. She was in her glory. And I laughed because my daughter, who's about the same age as Kenzie, loves the rain as well. I'm like, what is it with your <laughs> babies born in, born in 1997? I don't know. You know. <laughs> they love the rain. Franca says she tans very easy as she has olive skin, but she doesn't sit in the sun very much. She loves being outdoors, but under cover of a patio or umbrella. The summer sun in South Africa can be vicious. May is perfect. Yes. Absolutely the swing season, May, October, those months, I think, I think are just wonderful because it's not too extreme. Mm-hmm. And Anna says she loves the pharmaceutical availability over the counter in Mexico, too. (laughs) (laughs) And Shell says, we had rain and snow this past week in La Vegas Valley, which is just crazy to me. Well, they had snow at the Hollywood sign. I saw that. That was was stunning to see. Almost when uh, periodically they'll have snow in Athens and you'll see these pictures of snow on the Acropolis and it just blows my mind. Uh, it just is it's so unusual. And Betty likes mm-hmm. the rain if she's indoors and don't have to go out in it. Otherwise, the rain can be an inconvenience. Oh, and Shell's... All I, all I know is I got in bed last night. And it was pouring rain, and I, I have my bedroom window open. And just nice to have the fresh air coming in, and I'm lying there, and I'm just hearing that rain come down, just so mm. soothing. Yeah, it was, it was, so. it was pouring here <laughs> until the wee hours of the morning um and it's still overcast and chilly but um yeah there was some winds too shell said they had lots of crazy wind last week and winter wonderland in maine with elena today heavy stuff beautiful but probably a power outage in her future eight inches on the ground another six to come you have to love maine to live here and i do that's true. Yeah, that is That's true. My, my cousin Bobby always, my cousin Bobby always reminds us when, because he moved to North Carolina probably about 20, 20 some odd years ago, maybe 25 years ago. And um, he was uh, in Portland for a very good long period of time. And he said the, the, his first winter in North Carolina in Raleigh, and they had a little bit of snow, and he said everybody went off the wall. They didn't know how to drive <laughs> because they never get snow. Uh, so, well, yeah, funny. you have to watch that. And, you know, um, Brenda's hoping the power outage doesn't come your way, Elena. And um, I have to say, I have a friend in um, Versailles, Kentucky, that's in between Louisville and Lexington, and right in the heart of bourbon country, I might add, and horse country. Mm-hmm. And she, they had horrible storms last night and her power's out. And it's been, mm. you know, they've had some severe weather down there. It's just very unusual. Um, mm-hmm. But the soothing effects of, um, Batty has, says she has an app that has the soothing sound effects and she likes the rain or the wave sound. 
Um, Flora agrees um, that rainy days indoors is nice and cozy, and she loves mm-hmm. that sound. And um, just very, very hopeful everybody stays safe in the midst of some of these weather challenges of early March coming in like the lion that it does. Mm-hmm. That's a mm-hmm. saying. March comes in like a lion and out like a lamb. I think it must be more of a northern thing. Um, I don't imagine it coming in like a lion in the lower parts of the U.S., but usually the weather is very unpredictable in March for um, the northern states of the U.S. That is true. That is true. <laughs> we could have a snowstorm tomorrow and get a... F- I remember one St. Patrick's Day, we got three feet of yeah. two snow. Oh, yeah. So, so I, I keep saying I think we've had a very, very mild winter Um but I never count anything out until we're into April because March really is unpredictable. And some of the biggest snows we've had have been in March. So we shall see. That's Hopefully true. not. Um, yeah. So we anyway, shall, um, move over to talking a little bit about the news. And I love the fact mm-hmm. Betty threw a Paul in the mix. Of course. The soothing course sound app also has a cow sound effect. Maybe Paul would like that. Um, and thank you for sending a sunny vibes floor from beautiful Florida, 78 degrees. So, so what's the news um, from in SR? the world of the SR world? Uh, let's see for news. I'm continuing to write and hoping to finish my new book soon. A Macedonia press has acquired the rights to Gabriel's Inferno. So they will be translating and publishing the book in Macedonian. Very cool. Um, I'm continuing my Lenten read along and have been posting on my website. And I don't, you know, I've, I've been doing the Lenten reading, and there's some really interesting paintings when you start to think about some of the stuff. There was a, um, there was one yesterday that for the because this week is, they're calling it silence. What Dr. Sister Wendy has it, and it's just this like gray, grayish painting so it's it's very very cool you can you can when you're reading the description of of those paintings with from her it it really does play into it um so as as we know filming for redemption is ending on sunday he doesn't have a release date yet but i know they're already working on editing the first uh, part um you know i'm looking forward to seeing the movie again when it comes out i'm you know, and the premiere should be a lot of fun. Um, I'm not. I'm. My my guess for a release would probably be November, but that's just my guess. It's not really on a part of uh, Passion Flicks or SR. No, we. I, I don't think they'll really have a good idea. Um, I think that makes sense based on prior filming, you know, timelines. But mm-hmm. um, I always say. It's going to take as long as it takes, and I want them to take their time with it because it is such a precious, uh, precious film, and uh, mm-hmm. there's so much. I mean, there is just so much um, content in Redemption um, that it'll be really, really exciting. Um, and mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm glad that 
he shared that Lenten reading with us. Um, I think that's kind of a, a really nice way to uh, celebrate Lent and have some daily reflection. Um, I'm seeing a lot of good chat uh, in... Uh, Betty thinks we'll have a film ready by November or December. Mm-hmm. And Brent's like, yes, and I, ed- oh, yes I, they're editing already. Can't wait for the premiere. And and I, I see that uh, Frank is moving to the UK at the end of June. Yes, she says she has to get used to the rain and colder winters because her husband and her are relocating permanently to the UK on June 29th. This is going to be mm-hmm. a very big change for us weather-wise. Yes. Yes. Yes, it, it will. will. Although I do like, I, when I was in the UK in the fall, it was very nice. Well, and I think, too, but, if I recall, Franca has some of her grandchildren are in the UK, so I'm hoping that gives her mm-hmm. a chance to see them more. Shall say good journey, Franca, and blessings in your new home. Um, mm-hmm. I'm curious what the difference in the time, your time zone will be, maybe an hour or two different, maybe the same. I think I, th- I think the UK is five or six. Yeah, so hopefully you'll still be able to join us in the chat. Um, mm-hmm. Brenda saying, "Congrats, Franca! So be Sounds wonderful. like a lot of work, but you'll be closer to family." And Floor is also wishing you good luck and all the best. Mm-hmm. Um, as is Betty. Betty wants to know if <laughs> Betty wants to know if you're going to be wearing fascinators. Oh my gosh. I love it, Betty. You are so priceless. I love it. <laughs> I know. Fascinators will be perfect for well, that's summer. what that's a summer. That's one of the cool things about the UK. I mean, I you know in the United States, I remember growing up, we always had a hat for um, for Sundays. You know, in the winter, the summer, and you know, especially when we went to church and. I can remember when I was in Catholic school, if we were going into the church for anything, whether it be a practice for uh, one of the sacraments for communion or confirmation or um, for May procession or when we would have to do the Stations of the Cross. If, if We all had, had beanies and we also, also had chapel, little chapel veils that were part of the uniform. And... <laughs> I can remember Sister Regina, God bless her. One, a couple of the girls didn't have any hat at all, so she would find a, a lost glove on the radiator and plop it on the girl's head. <laughs> Poor kid. I mean, it was just, it was, yeah. or Kleenex. Somebody had a Kleenex, clean or dirty. It went on their head. Oh, all this stuff. But in, in the UK, with all, they have some great hats over there. They really do. So, <laughs> anyway. Well, there is quite the discussion about fascinators now in the chat. Uh, <laughs> Betty said, I spotted an Easter headband at Target. It has flowers and bunny ears. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Franca says, I hate hats and fascinators, Betty, <laughs> laughing. Definitely won't be wearing them. And <laughs> Betty says, oh, well, you look darn oh, well. You look beautiful without a fascinator. Maybe you could wear one of Kate Middleton's tiaras. <laughs> <laughs> and Franca notes that she does have, um, oh, she only has the one grandchild. Um, 
there, but can't wait to spend more time with her. We'll definitely be able to join the chat from there because it, she, I'm, um, is two, it, UK is two says hours, two hours behind. behind South Africa. So, oh, good. Yeah. So it'll still be, cool. I figured, I mean, it'll still be within the afternoon hours, but mm-hmm. that's wonderful. Yes. It's always, it's always fun to chat with E.L. James when you have insomnia and you're up at like <laughs> four in the morning and she's on Twitter already. <laughs> yes. You guys seem to have your most, uh, conversations during that time yes we do which is fun so we have um a short chapter which is one of the reasons why we were a little more chatty and a little more uh focused on our our covid part of the podcast uh this morning Mm -hmm. but i also you know I, i every chapter and every piece of writing that sr does is always a beautiful thing to review. Um, and as you, as we start chapter eight, you'll recall that the Emersons are now in Oxford. It's the night before the day before the night before Julia's lecture, the lecture that had caused their first fight. Um, Mm -hmm. so we're kind of, uh, in that setting, um, as we begin the book, or as we begin chapter eight. And mm-hmm. sometime later that evening, because as you will recall, um, Julia more or less was able to assuage uh, Gabriel's frustration with the accommodations by um, challenging him to get creative. Um, and Sometime later that evening, the professor was entwined with her in the narrow beds. She bre- as she breathed his name into his chest, she remarked that he had not lost his skills. And she found his most recent innovation extremely satisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, and his chest swelled with pride as he thanked her. And he also said it was time for sleep. And... So we, I couldn't resist this. I had to ask SR, what was Gabriel's recent, most recent innovation? Blushing as I ask, but inquiring minds want to know, is what I wrote. Yes. So SR responded that Gabriel is unwilling to share his personal innovation publicly for uh, personal reasons. Winky face, of course. <laughs> so I'm going to put that in here because it's so funny. Um, because he's so funny. I knew he'd respond. I I had to ask because I figured he'd have some some something witty to say about it. To my ridiculous question. Um, absolutely, and he did. So <laughs> I'm I'm looking at the chat. Betty wants to know if it's wall sex or or door um, sex, window sex question or mark? window sex. Oh, Julia knows how to persuade her husband. She said. Um, and Shell says, I want to hear her sketch, her hashtag sketchy Guido sketchy speech. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. And Franca's saying she can't wait to visit Oxford once we are all settled, which I am excited for you to do that, Franca. I, uh, I, I, the only place I missed was the kilns. I think that's, I hope to get there sometime. And she also notes, and this is 
not directly SR News, but it's indirect SR News. Franca said, did you know she's releasing a new book called The Missus? Um, yes. And that was announced this week. And I think you said June is when it's releases. Uh, June 20th, I think, is when she said she's releasing. That'll be great. Franco, you can read that on your flight to, uh, you can read it on your flight to England. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's super exciting news. And uh, Franco notes she was watching Gabriel's Inferno last night and the transformation in Julia and Melanie by the end of Rapture is truly amazing. She's going to be fantastic in Redemption. And Brenda says, at this point, I don't care where they do it. I'm sure it will be spicy. <laughs> Gabriel never disappoints. Absolutely. Right? I mean, he brings it. No, he does not. And Julie is the, uh, he does not. Julie is the lucky recipient of his uh, t- attention. Um, and Betty's saying, yes, the new book, I need to reread The Mister. Um, yes, it's right before Book Bonanza is when that book is released. Um, I'm actually hoping she does a book tour. I would love to actually see her. Well, I know she did for the mystery. I know. I know. I'm hopeful. But. And Betty was there with me and, and with me. I know. And I regret it every time because I was supposed to go with you guys. And I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Brenda says she's the willing sheep. I'll be willing to. <laughs> True that, Brenda, Shell says. Absolutely. I, mean, I, think, I, I think we all agree with that. Um, except maybe mm-hmm. Betty, <laughs> who is only has eyes for Paul. Betty says it That's was a pay preview event, pay per view event. We didn't get to see Gabriel and Julia's new innovation. <laughs> That's uh, for sure. Um, I doubt very much it was a pay per view either. <laughs> And I don't think there'll be any. You don't sex need tapes a Pam like and Tommy Lee. <laughs> no, yeah, no Tommy and Pam sex tapes. So. Um, oh, and Brenda notes that uh, E.L. James is now going to book Bonanza. Uh, she wasn't going, now, but now she is. So that's great for those of you who are lucky enough that's to get a ticket to book Bonanza. Um, you'll be able to see her. That's awesome. Yeah, because that sells out very I know, quickly. I know. I know last last year she did a uh, a, a giveaway on her um, Facebook, yeah, in the bunker and Facebook page, uh, where she gave two tickets and I think five hundred dollars gift certificate. Uh, and all you had to do was pay for your airfare, mm-hmm. but she got you in. So keep a lookout; you never know. Yeah, yeah. Um, Betty says, this reminds me once I read a fan fiction and there was ceiling sex. The male protagonist could fly and float. (laughs) Wow. Oh, that's interesting. Wow, Uh Betty, that is, uh, that. Well, I could, I could see that in some vampire-ish, Superman-ish type fan fiction. I know, I know. I think Gabriel would if he could. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Franca says, flipping heck, Betty, how did he get his partner on the ceiling? (laughs) I know, right? Betty said the guy could fly, so he used his body to keep his partner up. (laughs) Brenda says, I don't know that Paul would be spicy. He seems more like he's vanilla. (laughs) And Shell says vanilla, yep. (laughs) 
Paul's definitely vanilla. There's nothing wrong with vanilla <laughs> once in a t- once in a while. <laughs> Winky face. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with vanilla every now and then. Uh, definitely vanilla, Brenda. Elena says, <laughs> and Ellie mm-hmm. notes that sounds like a job for Willie. <laughs> I know Raven may Raven may have a opportunity. <laughs> oh. Well, you could be swinging from chandeliers too. You never know. <laughs> Betty says, "I wonder why didn't Willie try ceiling sex with Raven? He could hang on the ceiling." No, oh, he was too busy climbing loggias with her, so drawing hangers. This is true. This is true. <laughs> so as we go back to chapter eight, um, <laughs> as Gabriel uh, was saying goodnight to her, and he pulled. Julia's chin up and asked if she was worried about her paper. And uh, <laughs> there's a couple more comments about, never know, maybe Elizabeth can add the spice in Paul's world. I I'm sure she could. Fully. I completely believe that. And is that a chapter we missed, Pam? <laughs> Willie is conservative with that sometimes, show notes. So... I'll, I'll never tell. <laughs> so, you know, Gabriel's concerned, you know, he, he kind of sensed that sh- there are things weighing on her mind even after the innovation. Um, and Julie replied, she really wanted to make him proud of her work, which of course he is and always will be proud of her as he responded. And Julia asked about Professor Picton. She said, you know, and Gabriel reminded her, her that she would not have invited her if she didn't think Julia was ready to present. And that's true. I mean, Catherine was very, very impressed with Julia. She held her to high standards and she was very much of a taskmaster. But Catherine mm-hmm. wouldn't put her in front of a group and have her fail. She knew Julia was ready. So Julia said that she worried was worried that someone might ask a question she wouldn't have the answer for. And Gabriel just suggested answer as best as she could. And then if they continue to press you, just say, that's a great point. It's a good question. And you'd have to give it some thought. (laughs) Pam Pam wrote in the notes, (laughs) Uh, Leslie, as a PR guru, if you were in front of the press at a briefing, would you suggest that answer? Yes. (laughs) I would do that all the time. I would do that all the time. Um, If there was a question that we got, um, most of the time it's a reporter on the phone saying, asking the questions. And if I didn't know the answer, I'll say, um, let me find the answer for you. I don't have that right now. But if I was on live, Mm -hmm. a live interview, I would probably say that's something we would need to consider or I will look into that. And then what they call in the biz bridging then I would mm-hmm. remind people of a key point that I wanted to share with them. Um, so you kind of, and you'll see that if you, when you watch news interviews, people, if they get a question they want to want to dodge, they'll they'll have a brief answer and then go into something else. It's redirection, um, mm-hmm. but it's also trying to make sure you get your message out. Um, but it is, you know, in, in, in academia, you I, have to be yeah. very honest and just say that's something. I have to give more consideration to. It's not even just academia. I know in my job, if I did, didn't know what something was when when 
I was asked the question by the customer. I would have to go back, find out, and say, well, let me get that for you, and I, you know, and I can get back with you on it that. It is true. It is true. Um, Betty says, we love Catherine. Her word is rule. So don't underestimate Absolutely. her judgment, Gabriel. Shell said, Julia can be annoying at times with her wishy-washiness about her confidence. Um, it's actually funny as I was reading this, I actually, I could hear, hear Anna and her, <laughs> Anna, you were going in my head <laughs> about mm -hmm. her need to have better communication and express her, <laughs> her fears with him and be more open to him. Mm -hmm. um, and Betty said, you can also always answer like the boss. That's a good question. Uh, mm -hmm. Shell said, she would say, um, are you writing a book? Leave that <laughs> chapter out. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Franca asked if we saw Christian Bitt and Margot at the set visit as well. Um, for the set visit that we Ooh. were on, they had already wrapped. So we didn't see them. I'm trying yeah. to remember. I don't think Brent... Brenda was on the, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to the podcast. Um, Brenda, Brenda was on the podcast as well. She went to a different visit and I don't think they were on your visit as well, Brenda, if I recall. Um, Julia Mitchell, who plays um, the sister, Rachel was there. So we didn't get to see Christian bit again, but I'm hoping we can no. at the premiere because he is a lovely human being as is Margo. Margo he is, is wonderful. He's very sweet. <laughs> And Margot playing such a villain, and the way and who she really is is just so, so different. Yeah, it's she's so good at playing the evil, but man, what a lovely human! I just think she's great. Um, mm. Brenda said yes. Julia was on set, but no one else. They had already left. Um, and, and Anna said, always will she ever learn? It is funny, Anna. This whole chapter, I kept hearing your your comments in my head. I was just like, I can't, I hope Anna's on the podcast because <laughs> she's going to have a lot to say. Um, Betty says, can't forget the winky face that adds points and totally makes everyone let go of That's the unanswered exactly question. Right. I have to say though, I haven't done winky faces with reporters very much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> although I probably could with one or two that I've worked with a really long time. Um, and Anna noted, remember, Pr Professor Picton guided Gabriel to greatness. And Shell said truth, Anna. And that is an excellent point. I'm glad you raised that because, yeah, I mean, Catherine knew Gabriel during his formative academia, academic experience. Um, mm -hmm. So she definitely knows, and she knows quality work. Um and so, you know, Julia in her, you know, kind of in her confession mm -hmm. said she thought mm -hmm. if she asked C.S. Lewis to intercede that he might. And Gabriel snorted, reminding her um, C.S. Lewis was not Catholic and he didn't believe in petitioning the saints. And even if he heard you, he would ignore you on principle. <laughs> It's such a thing to say, and honestly, I think that's such an SR thing to write. Um, mm -hmm. Ask Tolkien, he said. Cult Tolkien was Catholic. And Julia said maybe she should ask Dante. Um, and of course, Gabriel, in his caring manner, says Dante is already praying for you. 
as he nuzzled her hair. Mm -hmm. She closed her eyes, listening to the sound of his heartbeat, and his rhythm was so comforting to her. And then her next question was, what if people asked why you left Toronto? And Gabriel said, we'll always say what we've been saying. I wanted to be in Boston because you're going to Harvard and we were getting married. Mm -hmm. And Julia reminded him that Krista was telling a very different story. So as we look in the chat, Shell notes that Catherine doesn't suffer fools. And (laughs) Betty says, talk to the hand, Gabriel. And Anna said, I would have a private session with her. Door closed. Ethics be gone. Honest. WTF. Come to Jesus session. (laughs) You know, I know to a point I agree with you, Anna, but I think this is like her very first time doing this. And I know from my own perspective, when I when I do something for the first time, I get fairly nervous, and I ask a, a zillion questions. Mm-hmm. So I think I think if this was her second or her third, definitely a, a come to Jesus, because you because you figure out after you've done it the first time, you've you've, you've you know you pop that cherry, so you're you should know what you're doing by then. Yeah, hopefully. But that's just me. Well, I mean, it is. It that's is a big just deal. me. I I. I you can be nervous even if you've said things before, but um, mm-hmm. I feel like I do feel like there needs to be a little increased communication for her sharing how she feels with Gabriel um, instead of him having to pull it out of her. But it's also it's it's her and it's it's from her background and upbringing. Um, no, I, I understand it's her, her behavior. So. That's true. That's true. But I guess for the, this this seminar or this speech she's going to give, I, I would cut her a little bit. Of slack well, yeah. No, I, I that I I mean I, I get it. And I, you know, I went. I kept wondering too. Is she more worried about the the, the academic presentation, or is she worried about this Krista stuff? And ugh, Krista, as Brenda said. And CFP evil, Elena says. Um, and uh, Betty, true. Hey, Julia, what happened to your lesser gods? Did they stop listening to your prayers? <laughs> oh, God of academic. Uh, uh, yes, yes. Superstars. I, I, yeah, Julia's different prayers, yes. But she actually has her academic gods guiding her through this process and... and Professor Picton and and then Julio, so mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and Shell notes after she stood up to the dean, anything else should be easier. No, I think that, that she was fighting for Gabriel too, not just herself. So. Yeah, on that, but anyway. So Gabriel's eyes narrowed and, and said. Forget about her. They don't need to worry about her at her this conference. Uh, Julia asked that he promise not to lose his temper, and if he had heard anything, because you never know with him, he could fly off the handle anytime. And um, so she's like, you know, he was exasperated. You know, he says, "Give me a little credit. They had a deal with gossip at BU and at Harvard and he's not lost his temper yet. Thank God for that. 
And uh, I like nothing better than a sex scandal. They get bored. Academics do. And uh, I think that's even true of non-academics. Um, so as Gabriel's eyes twinkled, he says he begged to differ, Mrs. Emerson. Sex with her was more exciting than a scandal. He flipped her on her back and started kissing her neck. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me. Uh, uh, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'd be remiss without saying that Shell didn't write Arius, uh, the dean. <laughs> That's not what she calls him. I <laughs> call mm. him dean Arius. She calls him Dean Ass. <laughs> Dean Ass. Well, who who was so um who who was that. who was uh, was it Sugar? But Betty would know this. Sugar. Oh yeah, John the the attorney. Oh, the uh -huh. attorney. The Gabriel's attorney. attorney. <laughs> oh my God. Sugar and a uh, 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 what you would call it? Right. A banana. Exactly. <laughs> Well, and as Betty notes now, uh, I think Gabriel's trying to distract Julia now. And mm -hmm. uh, of Betty is. says round two has begun, which it has. Mm -hmm. It has. So, sometime later, <laughs> before the sun crept back over the horizon, Julia comes back into the room. And the silver light shone on the, from the window and illuminated Gabriel lying on his stomach. The covers just arranged just so, so she could see his lovely back and his gluteus maximus. This, this description was so specific. I cannot wait to see it on screen. Because they, uh, SR wrote such a beautiful setting. Um, I, and mm -hmm. I know the attention to detail. Tosca is going to dissect this and try to recreate this this image i cannot wait to see it it'll be so beautiful like it's a good, it'll be good because we might we'll see julia's game <laughs> dimples hopefully anyhow it'll be beautiful and i shouldn't disrespect julia that way i'm sorry but mm -hmm. in any event it is what it is um so but julia was very appreciative of you and though her eyes rested an extra bead on his back muscles and as gluteus maximus he was beautiful, sexy, and hers. Mm -hmm. And she removed her clothes and her undergarments. Okay, now I'm, I'm stopping there because who in their right mind, if they're just running outside to look at something and it's in the dark, and you know, you know, you, <laughs> you're going to put on underwear as well. I mean, come on. Betty says, creeping out in the middle of the night to wander off at Oxford. Not creep at all, Julia. Not creepy at all. <laughs> Uh, anyway. I can understand her so wanting been, to go see that. I get that. I get that yearning. I get that. I'm with you, though, Pam. I, but I, I would just, you know. I put would, on, as, put on as a pair of sweats or whatever and walk outside. I would just throw on a shirt and throw on some Absolutely. pants um, and walk out. But no, she puts on the full, the full <laughs> nine yards. Anyway, that's just me. Um, so she's, you know, she's telling him she's gone outside to look at these uh, statues. And, uh, and since they'd been married, she'd rarely worn anything to bed. Sleeping skin to skin was the way she preferred it. And when Julia felt the mattress give, he took her into his arms immediately. And it took a few moments for him to wake up when she'd, he asked where she had gone. 
I mean, come on. Well, uh, yeah. and uh, <laughs> Pam says, I agreed, Pam, lose the undies, but this is Julia after all. And um, that is true. That is true. And Betty says, Julia, but do you even want the Kansas I... security to come and arrest you? <laughs> I think, I don't think it would be a problem. I, I think they have people coming no, and going at all for that. hours of the day and night on a college campus. Um, I would just think she would need to, you know, for safety, um, let him know where she was going or leave him a note or something in case he woke up. Um, but right. she told him, oh, uh, go well, ahead, him. And then, you know, uh, Charlotte said, sorry, chick goes nowhere without all the clothes. And like, you know, <laughs> you know I, I can honestly, uh, sleeping in the nude is, is preferable to sleeping with pajamas for me, but it's basically because of my, uh, lovely connection to the body overheat. <laughs> As opposed to, because I'm not sleeping with anybody, so it's not for that reason. But, um, you know, I, I always had something at the bottom of the bed mm -hmm. to put on, no matter what. Right. But no, I wouldn't get all dressed. Anyway. No, a so, robe, I'm sorry. I would grab, you know, or you could grab a robe, mm -hmm. you know, but if she was going out. Yeah, I'm with you, but Julia's her own person. Um, mm -hmm. Betty's saying you do sightseeing with Paul, Julia. He would understand and wouldn't ridicule you. <laughs> if he had gone without a note, she would have had a fit and a note. Um, Probably. I think so. I think so. But, you know, she came back. She told him she went to the quadrangle. And she, when she asked why, she told him. That the Narnia books were very, very special to her. And he cupped her face and fully realized, so you wanted to stay here because of Lewis. And because of you, she continued. She knew that Paulina had lived here, as did she. And as soon as she said Paulina's name, she immediately regretted it. Because Paulina was someone they both were trying to forget. And Gabriel said that they have had spent very little time together um, when, you know, w Gabriel met her there, but they really didn't spend a lot of time together in Oxford at all. It was before they had been involved. So, you know, as you remember, he got involved with her in, at Harvard, not when they were in Oxford. They just kind of, you know, were acquaintances there. Mm -hmm. So he wrapped her in his arms and he said he would not have tried to take her away to the Randolph had he known her reasons for wanting to stay and asked if why she didn't tell him. And Julia responded that she thought he might think it too juvenile um, for her reasons. And, um, you know, <laughs> Betty says, heck no, clothes on everyone in case of a fire. I'm not going out on that in the middle of the night. <laughs> Green Betty. Uh, you know, a nightgown and a robe lying on the bottom of the bed are easy to grab and easy to put on as you're yes, running this up is true. This is true. Um, uh, mm -hmm. And Anna and Shell both thought that was definitely a double standard if, if Gabriel would have run off and without notifying her, she would have definitely been upset. 
And Anna said, there is always a double standard with these two, which is why I want them on my couch. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. And so he told Julia um, that he read those books, too. And he told her about the time um, there was when he was a child, there was a closet in his mother's New York apartment. And he was convinced it would open up and lead to Narnia if he was a good boy. And he said, clearly, I wasn't. Um, and he said that trying to kind of make her laugh and, and chuckle. Because, um, you know, obviously she knew that Gabriel had been quite naughty. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, instead she, she didn't laugh. And she kind of was incredibly serious and said, you know, I know what it was like willing to do anything to make stories real. She really used those stories as an escape. And Gabriel saw her pain at that point, I think. Um, She was so serious about, you know, she would have done anything to be able to get to Narnia, I think, because she wanted to escape the bad situation she was in. Um, and Shell notes mm-hmm. that broke my heart, and it, it broke mine too. Shell, that was incredibly sad. Um, actually, for both of them, right? Uh, he wanted yeah, to, he wanted to go if he was a good boy, and obviously he wasn't. He was joking, but he also was acknowledging he wasn't getting out of that situation, and realizing how serious and how personal this was to her it really was it was very moving gabriel held her tight and he said if you want to see where lewis lived i'll take you to the kilns and after that to the bird and the baby which is known as the eagle that's how that's the formal name was eagle and child where the inklings met Mm -hmm. and she definitely would like that um and he kissed her hair he said once that you were not my equal, but my better. You know, she had, he had said to that to her. And she said, he said, I'm afraid you did not believe me. And he winced when she said it was hard to think of herself that way sometime. And he whispered he needed a better way for her to believe him. He needed to find a better way to show her how he felt and how much he believed in her. And he wasn't sure how. Mm -hmm. So I think it was, you know, for being such a, I think it was a fairly powerful chapter because obviously we had the sexy times and, you know, his innovation and a little bit of that flirtation Mm -hmm. and that connection physically. But they did kind of dip into some of those kind of serious fears of Julia, uh, the insecurities of Julia, uh, Mm the commitment that Gabriel has to trying to show her how much he believes in her. Um, so yeah, there was, there was a lot there in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. And Walter lives in North. So. <laughs> <laughs> Betty was saying she has too many pets in case of a fire. She might have to figure out which dog I will save and try to grab my dove and save it. And that's why clothes are a must for her. She doesn't want to lose mm-hmm. precious time trying to find clothes when there are lives at risk. And there must be an outtake of how Gabriel met Paulina. 
And I think it was mentioned somewhere along the line. I don't. Maybe it was an outtake. I don't, I don't think remember. there was an outtake. I think there was reference to it in the book. Um, yeah, I know that there was reference in the book. Brendan said that she really loved that it, part when he tells her that he's so open and vulnerable. Uh, yeah, I thought that sharing of his story mm-hmm. um, for Gabriel, when he never talks about that part of his life, I thought that was really, you know, quite um, intim- an intimate moment. And I, I really liked that. Yeah, and I, and, yeah, and it does give them time, the grace to be who they are. Yeah. Well, Anna said he puts himself down to bolster her quite often. I think I understand that in a way, though, too, because he is so much older. He has so much, and he is Gabriel, mm-hmm. right? He is all of the Gabrielness, um, and he's bigger than life to her. Still, I know it's not healthy, but I think he is trying, you know, he's trying to meet her where she's at. Um, Shell notes that she needs to give Gabriel some grace. Um, And Shell says she always seems to make him grovel. She always makes him grovel. Um, And Brenda notes that that uh, meeting was in the book. Yeah, I, I thought it was. Yeah, yeah. There's not a separate outtake, though, that I remember anyway. Um, and, yes, uh, Elena's saying, Betty, you're too funny. The labs don't care if I'm dressed or not. Just open the door to let them out and bring biscuits. <laughs> that's about, and that's about the size of it. <laughs> or Mr. Beaver. Actually, pun- uh, uh, Walter's Mr. Beaver. Aslan would be pumpkin. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Because pumpkin is fierce. This is true. Pumpkin is uh-huh. pumpkin is larger than life. So, really good chapter. She she is a force unto herself. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, it was. It was. And it, I'm excited the, so. to note that just in a few short weeks we'll have SR joining us. Betty, you are on it, girl. So there was an outtake. Ah. I thought I didn't so. Remember. You know what? I'm. Sh- I didn't read that. I didn't remember seeing that. So thank you for sharing yeah. that, Betty. Now you know where I the know. link is. This is good. I'm gonna so. click on that right now, so I have it up. Oh my gosh! And he wrote it in November of 2013. That's when he posted it. I should say. Mm-hmm. There's so many good outtakes on his website that he's put out. I there. know. If if you want a treasure trove, if you need if you need a bit of good a good dose of SR, read his posts um, from his website, especially um, during the time when he was writing this stuff. Oh, it's just it is a treasure trove. Um, mm-hmm. And Anna notes, you know, going back to this frustration. Um, you know, Julia actually lets him, and she doesn't reciprocate in giving him the same. And that is the infuriating thing, um, Shell Knits. That's true. That's one thing I've noticed. She does not necessarily become so forthcoming with uh, everything she's gone through as a, as a young girl. I mean, we, we know from, we've heard the stories about her with Sharon, 
in St. Louis and, and stuff, but you know, stuff like the, the reading the uh, Narnia books and or something else that may be, you know, something where she was thinking differently. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean, I, I'm I'm not making sense. It's the brain fog. <laughs> it's got to be. Well, Sorry. no, it, it it I I know it. I understand what you're saying, and um, mm-hmm. you know, I think this is part of their continued path, right? They're hopefully as they go on, they're going to get better with the communication, being more vulnerable to each other. Um, hopefully they'll find a counselor like Anna who can help them through. Uh-huh. Um, Betty notes on this outtake, um, or Elena said, um, Elena also saw the outtake and she said, check it out. Gabriel comes to Paulina's rescue in a very precarious situation. Betty is the professor mentions how he met her at Oxford. And, um, so thank you for sharing the link. It's in the chat. Um, and Anna recalled the outtake, Betty. It explains a lot and shows Gabriel's true soul. And Betty said the outtake was a bit heartbreaking. Everything started so well and promising and look how tragically it ended. Poor Paulina. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and Anna says she, Julia doesn't praise him, soothe him, give him the love he gives her. I, I think they love each other differently, but I, I think there's always room for improvement, right? Yeah, there um, Anna points out that their individuals therapists suck. <laughs> well, I think she also noted before that they need to have counseling together as well, so they can work on being together, their togetherness, and how they interact. So I think that's true. And Franca's signing off as we will in a minute or so she says ladies it's been a pleasure as always glad i finally managed to pop in today and hope to join in more regularly going forward have a fabulous weekend all and hope you're feeling much better by next week pam oh thank you thank you franca and uh, you have a good week too and everybody Mm. i want you to have a good week yes definitely um i no, we're winding down. Um, just a few mm-hmm. more comments, and then Pam, you can tell us what sign, what what song we're heading out to. And we got, we yeah. got to have a saying, good one. It does today. irritate me that people, especially Julia, always comment about how Gabriel treated Paulina, but what about how she treated him and continued to um, hold her account, hold Paulina accountable as well, and. Um, Pam said, or Betty said, I associate, a, I dreamed a dream to Paulina. She was innocent and naive at that time, especially. Um, and truly, Anna says, Julie and Gabriel need couples therapy. They can then also be guided individually as a couple. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we'll see if there's a book five. Always important. You never know. <laughs> yeah. We never know. We never because there's always there a file is always for a file for something, and and we're very excited that SR is really in the groove writing his new book. Um, he sounds so enthusiastic when he talks. Well, when he writes about it, when he's updating us, I'm really really excited about meeting new characters in mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, his world and the fact that it will be happening. Uh, um, 
is very exciting to me. So, yes, we will send positive vibes to 91. Their first playoffs, March 7th at 7 p.m. So go Hawks. Always important. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Shell's excited for the new book, but Betty says we also need Richard and Payne's book. (laughs) So... Kenzie, Kenzie will kill me if I there's a book about Richard and <laughs> I don't know if she'd go after you or SR. <laughs> um, we say this because Kenzie is of the camp that Richard have companions or friends, but cannot have another love. Grace was his only love, so um, that is mm-hmm. that is Kenzie's position, and she is very adamant about it. Sticking mm-hmm. to it, yes. Mm-hmm. And everybody's looking forward to the new book. Positive vibes, yes. as Shell said, and peace, Absolutely. love, and sunshine. What was that when I think I was 13? It was Peace, Love, and Bobby Sherman. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, or some it was Donny Osmond or David Cassidy or I could go down the list. <laughs> anyway. So I'm going to leave us today with a little uh, Malcolm Warren Lewis uh, with Downtown. We haven't heard that one from SR for a while. So um, I hope you have a good week, everybody. And we'll, uh, we'll talk next week. Take care. See ya.